Well, hey, everyone. Welcome to Beyond Battle Creek. I'm Jeff Henry. I'm the campus pastor at our Midtown campus. And today I'm joined by my friend, Pastor John Wheeler. Wheeler. Good to see you, man. Good to be with you. And great to be here. I'm honored to sit next to you at this table, sharing with America here, the rest of people <laughs> listening. Um, John, I don't know if, if people know much about you. Tell us, what do you currently do here at Battle Creek Church? I'm the counseling pastor. Uh, I, I started in a different role. I was the equipping pastor when I first came, which was 10 years ago. And that morphed into care pastor and then again changed to counseling pastor. And that's what I do now. And I stay very busy. So how do you, what does your week look like? How do you fill up your time here at Battle Creek? Well, I'm here, of course, Monday through Thursday, which is when the offices are open. And uh, I'm, I'm filled with appointments uh, from start to the end of the day. Uh, I mean, I don't mean just seamlessly, sure. Uh, but people uh, make appointments with me and meet me in my office, and uh, some encouraging things happen there. Yeah, that's fantastic. I'm doing a wedding in the near future of a couple uh-huh. who you have helped do premarital counseling yes, with them, and yes. they have just really appreciated your investment um, in in them. But you've been to Battle Creek ten years. Happy mm-hmm. ten year, by the way. Thank you. That's awesome. Thank you. What a great landmark in anything in life to be committed that mm-hmm. long. But you've been in ministry for a, a long time. Can you give us sort of a Reader's Digest uh-huh. snippet of, of how you came to Battle Creek Church? Well, I. We've been in Tulsa for 40 years. Uh, We came here to pastor a church, and we were there uh, for 12 years. And then uh, eventually I transitioned to uh, another church where I served for some years. I did some um, chaplain ministry as well, some interim pastoring, a lot of experience in the Tulsa area. So it's been home for a long time. Uh, then we had the privilege of coming here and serving in various roles until now. I get to do what I just love to do. I've always really enjoyed the counseling part of ministry. I love to preach, love, love teaching the Word, uh, but counseling has always been very important to me. Mm-hmm. So now I get to do it all the time. <clears throat> You know, what's really interesting is that you served in the Midtown area mm-hmm. and you you knew the church uh, that used to exist mm-hmm. um, before the campus that I serve at. And yes, so yes. Uh, I can't wait to talk offline about yeah, just okay. <laughs> how the Lord used, uh, you know, a previous church and how he's used Battle Creek Midtown to mm-hmm. really uh, advance the gospel in that in that area. Yeah, so in a wonderful yeah, way. You've been a missionary to that part of town for a long time. And so thank you. Just on a on a lighter note, um, I noticed one day, and I don't know the whole story yet, but you came to a staff function dressed down a little bit. You always look nice. For people listening today, we're dressed exactly alike today. Yeah, Blue yeah. button-up shirts, two good-looking <laughs> guys here. Uh, but one day you came dressed down, which is interesting, and you were wearing a a, a, a shirt, but you had a, a tucked in with a, a belt buckle. Would you? It had significance to, you know, the belt buckle. Tell us a little bit about the belt buckle and your history with that. Well, uh, growing up, I loved horses and uh my family was uh, able to have horses for me to enjoy. And uh, I became involved in rodeo. And uh, my great ambition in life was to be a professional rodeo calf roper. That's, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> that was the trajectory that I was on. And then uh, summer after high school, uh, I was, it's a very long story. I don't have time for it. We don't have time for it. But the, the bottom line is um, I had won a rodeo and was so excited about the prospect of just just a wonderful future of championship. But God used that experience to uh, really bring me to a turning point uh, and a surrender of my life to what he had for mm. me. And um, from that summer on, my future was redirected mm. uh, into... Uh, what God wanted to do with my life. I tried to convince God that I could serve him as a rodeo <laughs> champion. Uh, no one ever tried harder to persuade God sure. about a different plan, but his plan has been really good. It's good. It never works out when we try to give God direction for our life. Doesn't right? work. Uh, that's fantastic. Um, so you're like the the the, the chief uh, cowboy here. I guess uh, I am. On our staff. I'm probably the well. Lanita is you know a cowgirl. She has that history. We share that sort of secretly. Uh, not secret now, is it? But the secret is out. Yeah. Um, Miss Lanita is fantastic. Yes. And um, I, I hope one day we get to hear her on the yeah. podcast. Yeah. I think it'd be great to hear a little, little bit about her. There's something you and Miss Lanita share that's interesting about our church. You and Miss Lanita are the only two people that have a specific name that people call you. I mean, everybody else, uh, I'm being recorded by my friend Seth here, and I'm Jeff. Sometimes I'm Pastor Jeff. Sometimes Alex. Most of the time it's Pastor Alex, but he's a friend to many people, so he's just Alex. But I have never heard anybody call Miss Lanita anything other than Miss Lanita. And I have ne had never heard anybody call you other than anything than Pastor John. So, like, <laughs> you've got a specific surname here in, in our church, I guess, if that's the right way to say it. But Pastor John and Miss Lanita, everybody else gets called whatever. But uh, I think that's a, I think that's an honor for the many years that you've had in ministry. Um, how old were you when you started doing ministry? Was it that that summer, like the, after that? Yeah, I was um, 18. 18. And... Um, Became a pastor while I was in college. Um, <laughs> looking back on that, I that church really <laughs> suffered. <laughs> Lord's grace rained down on the, on that. Yes. Uh, have yes. you have you hit the fifty year mark in, in ministry yet? Are you nearing that? Uh, actually, I'm probably on my way toward that. I I'm not there yet. Man. Thank you for your years of service. I just, as a as a pastor myself, God called me to ministry vocationally. I always knew I was going to be in ministry, mm -hmm. but vocationally, 22 years old was when I heard God's voice to say, mm -hmm. this is what I want you to do. And uh, and that's only been 16 years. But to think about that 50-year mark of mm -hmm. investment, I hope that, you know, I, I, a lot of, we could have a podcast just about the longevity in ministry and how to weather some really hard times, mm -hmm. varying places. But uh, I just want to say thank you for your service and your wow. dedication to not just the church, but to God's people. And now to, you know, in this season of life, it's the, the trajectory is to help people continue yeah. to advance, keep the ball rolling down the field to overcome some hurdles or just to come get encouragement. Yeah. Um, uh, I've got a lot of questions about what okay. you do, but before we jump into that, tell us a little, a little bit about your family, just so we kind of get to know you a little bit more. 
My wife and I have been married 52 years. She's my best friend. We'd rather be with each other doing anything than anywhere else. Uh, we have two sons, uh, and our first son is a special needs adult, lives in a group home. And our younger son is married, and uh, he and his wife adopted a precious little girl in Guatemala. And they are moving to Fayetteville, Arkansas, in the early days of June, and we are so excited. They've been in Franklin, Tennessee for a long time, sure. and we're so glad to have them coming much closer. From one part of God's country to another. Exactly. Right? That's great. So you're all about that granddad life. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. What is your granddad name? What, are your grand, what does your grandkid call you? Uh, granddaddy. It's good. Yeah. It's classic. Yeah. It's good. Sometimes it's whatever rolls out of their mouth. My wife, her name is Gigi for, for her granddaughter. I'm not sure how that occurred, but she's Gigi. I bet she takes it in stride Loves and it's it. one of those names that's, uh, you just accept. So that's, that's fantastic. Uh, you, I don't know how much rodeo you're doing now, but what do you, None. what do you do for fun? Like what's, what's a fun day for you? What's enjoyable to me is working in the yard. As strange as that sounds to some people, I, I just enjoy getting my hands into the soil and landscaping, planting things, gardening, even mowing. I, I just enjoy, it gets me outdoors and um, I love to fly fish, but I don't get any opportunity to do that. Sure. Um, but, of course, if I ever do have a chance to get on a horse, that is really fun. I uh, got to do that a couple of summers ago out in a ranch in Colorado. Mm. We had a great week out there. So horses are very wonderful animals. Sure. Uh, very therapeutic animals, actually. You know, I don't think that we could have grown up in different places. You're probably horse and country, and I was city boy. Yeah. You know, so um, so interesting. Well, let's let's dig into kind of the topic we're going to talk about today, and it's it's I would say it's it's in the realm of dealing with hard things. Yeah. And b- before we jump into that, tell us there's probably a misconception about about counseling in, mm. in general. Um, and so I think people when they say I'm going to go see a counselor, I'm mm. going to go see my pastor for counseling. There's there there's some stigma that comes with that and maybe some initial preconceived um, maybe wrong ideas would, would you kind of help paint a picture for to, for the listeners today about like hey what generally happens like what in a counseling room when people come is it is it high need cases is it low is it just encouragement is it prayer like help us understand about the kind of that that resource we have here yeah it's all the above jeff okay um it, it may be someone has a question about understanding something in Scripture, and we just talk about that. It may be they're uh, dealing with some really difficult decision, and they're just needing to kind of talk some things out and get some uh, input, some insight. Of course, it, it often is a crisis situation. Uh, it may be a marriage that's in crisis. It may be uh, someone is struggling with an addiction. Hmm. Um, it may be depression, anxiety, uh, that the, <laughs> any number of things can walk in that door. And I don't always know until we sit down at the table and I just ask, how can I help you? That's, that's why I'm here. Hmm. That's good. 
Well, let's help some people today as we're thinking about the the, the pandemic that, that we're in and how challenging this could be to different types of people. I would love to kind of get your wisdom and, and experience on maybe some ways that we could help someone listening today or that we could resource someone today to help someone that, that they know uh, yeah. in this situation. So let's just start with stress. Um, I know we all deal with stress in, sure. in a lot of different ways and we all, and we all process that stress differently. I know there's season right now where people are losing jobs. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's a stress of knowing where the, the, the provision is going right. to come from. Uh, share with us a little bit about what you would say to someone who is dealing with a, a large amount of stress currently. Well, you're exactly right, Jeff. There is a lot of stress now, but it didn't begin with the pandemic. Uh, there was stress already. There just is stress. We live in a broken world, and part of the result of that is we experience stress. Uh, but the stress, which might have been already fairly high, has probably gone over the top for some people hmm. with the extremely difficult situation of, of being isolated so much and, uh, uh, of course, the angst about finances and uh, job. Uh, will I have a job? Will my job still be there? Will our company survive? Hmm. Um, and there's, there's l just loss. People have lost uh, they've, they've lost graduation events and prom and uh, wedding celebrations. And even the funeral experience has been affected. People sure. are not able to have their family with them when they've lost someone. And so loss has been compounded. And there's grief mm -hmm. that comes with every kind of loss. So all of this is just compounding uh, anxiety and stress and um, and people who were already dealing with depression are uh, even more so. For sure. Do you have any scripture that comes to mind that could be just a, I mean, we'll throw out these nuggets that people can hang on to today as, as they walk away from this. What's a scripture that comes to mind when you think about stress? Well, of course, uh, Peter tells us to cast all our cares on him because he cares for you. Mm -hmm. uh, that's just so profoundly important to know. God cares. He's not distant and aloof and disinterested. It's the very opposite. He, mm -hmm. he is so desiring that we would draw near to him and, and literally cast our cares on him because he cares. Hmm. Cast all your anxiety, all of that stuff that is eating at you. He doesn't want you eaten up. He wants you casting that hmm. on him. Yeah. I've always heard people preach on that passage as the casting is like you would take something and hold it firm in your hand and then throw it, throw it out like, yeah. like you would a net, like in, yeah. in the Bible times of just holding all the net and then throwing it out. And um, that's really good. I'm reminded of the character of God as well when I think about how to deal with some of these things. And um, I was looking up Psalm 121 earlier. 
And that's a great, 1 through 8 is a great passage, but he says, um, my help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth, reminding us that he is the creator. He mm. made all this. And mm. so we're stressed about things that he really is in control over. And then it says, he will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. I'm just so thankful that God yeah. cares for us. Yeah. And he's not going to sleep on us. Like he's right. not going to take his eye off us. And so what a comfort. You know, yeah. even for me this morning in that, yeah. And Jeff, I think what we have to remember as believers is that he is with us. You're not alone. Mm. Not ever. God's promise is I am with you. Mm-hmm. Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. And there's just never a moment when he could be any more present than he is. Yeah. That's what's true. And we just have to keep that focus. Sure. You're not alone, not ever. Yeah. It's so interesting, even as we're talking about this, the Lord is bringing up scripture that I have read. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I've necessarily memorized these things, but I've, I've hidden them in my heart by mm-hmm. reading them for many, many years. and. Where, where can I go to flee from you, Lord? Where mm-hmm. can I go to escape from your presence? When yeah. I go to the depths of Sheol, you're there. When I go to the tops of the yeah. mountains, you're there, right? Like, I can't I can't hide and go seek. You're always going to win, right? Because you've never really left me. And yeah. uh, I think about I think about that. And what a what a great encouragement for for stress. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of yeah. things stressful to be reminded today that that um, that He is always there and He, he cares for us. I, I know that one thing I've been hearing from. People I've encountered through through our campuses, um, people have started to deal with a little more anxiety than, than, than usual. And I just want to remind our listeners, we all deal with anxiety. Yeah. I mean, I was thinking about the first time I preached to a thousand people, I was incredibly anxious that that yeah. week. Um, you know, just the the massive uh, impact that I was praying the Lord would would make, and it was a new thing at the birth of all three of my children. I was anxious. It's yeah. such a, uh, a, a, it's a stressful time, you know, and uh, and I was anxious about that, you know, telling my children that we were going to move from Nashville to Oklahoma to mm-hmm. Tulsa, I knew was going to devastate them. And it was, it was a devastating moment. And I was anxious about just sharing that information. So I just want to say, we all deal with that in, in, in some ways and anxiety and depression have become buzzwords, I think mm-hmm. recently. And we, th- we throw them out there and I just want to say, it's not, it's not something that's only categorized for the extreme cases. Right. We just don't wait to say, oh, well, you must deal with anxiety and, and depression. In fact, they're, they're different things sometimes reside at the, in, the same, in the same season. They can coexist in, more frequently. But in, in anxiety, large, large or small, extreme, uh, definitely on the spectrum or large, you know, way extreme or, or not, not extreme right. at all. Right. What, what is some word of encouragement that you would share to someone today who's feeling anxious jeff what what i think we have to understand is that the real issue is not what we perceive it's not the situation it's not the physical uh circumstance that's not the real issue the real issue is what's going on in our thinking Mm, that's good and you know, Scripture says we're to take every thought captive. That's, that has just been intriguing to me. 
I, I was puzzled about that for years, literally. I thought, how do you do that? How do you take a thought as elusive as a thought is? How do you take a thought captive? And yet it, it just kept at me that there was something here really important. And then I saw how another verse applies, and it's Philippians chapter 4, verse 8, which has become such an important verse mm. for me. That verse says, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, mm -hmm. whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or worthy of praise, think about such things. Mm -hmm. It just clicked for me, especially when I, I, I read this, uh, I was reading a book and it used the, word, the phrase thought test okay. in regard to Philippians 4, 8. I wrote that in the margin of my Bible, thought test test. That's it, I thought. That verse is the thought test. So putting those two ideas together, capturing thoughts and testing them. You know, when a police officer detains someone, places that person under arrest, they then interrogate. So if we take a thought captive, we are literally arresting that thought thought comes to your mind, arrest it and interrogate it Okay. based on the thought test. I do this. Question the thought. Is this true? Mm -hmm. is, is this thought proposing something in my life that would contribute nobility? If this thought becomes an action in my life, Will it contribute excellence to my life? Is it pure? Is it lovely? Is it admirable? Most importantly, will it bring praise to God if this thought becomes an action? Mm -hmm. Well, if the answer is no, then it failed the thought test. And remember, it's not the situation that's the real issue. It's how we are thinking. Sure. So if the thought fails the thought test, what do you do? Two things are necessary, not just one. Reject it. That's what I do. I just reject it. I don't argue with it. I don't debate with it. It failed the thought test, so I reject it. Say no thank you. And just reject. Yeah. Nope. So reject. But that's not enough. I learned a long time ago, it's going to come right back. And you can't overcome a thought by trying not to think about it. That is self-defeating. Now, mm -hmm. all your effort not to think about it mm -hmm. is only resulting in focusing on that very thing. Sure. So the anxiety just intensifies. So it comes back. Yeah, it comes back. Until you do step two, and that is replace it. That is so important to learn. You reject the thought because it failed the thought test, but you have to also replace it. And Jeff, 
we can do that. You can replace a thought that failed the thought test, and you can prevent it by replacing it. Okay. And what the truth is, you cannot, it is physically impossible to think two thoughts at the same time. You can't do it. So if you replace the invasive thought, the intrusive thought, the thought that has failed the thought test, you replace it. It cannot achieve that which it otherwise would have in your life. That verse, Philippians 4, 8, the thought test, is literally saying to us, we get to choose what we think about. Okay. It says, think about such things. So I get to choose. You get to choose. If that were not true, that verse would make no sense. It mm -hmm. says, think about such things. Okay. So I get to choose. And I brought with me what I choose as the replacement. It's this drawing right here. I hope you can see this. I've had this for years. It hangs on the wall in my office. I have one just like it in the entryway of our home. I have, I have, uh, that etching is etched in my brain. This is my default. And for those of you listening, would you describe the picture yes. that we're seeing today? It's a picture, it's just an etching of Jesus holding a lamb and he has pulled the lamb up close to his face. You can't see all of Jesus' face, but if you can see the lamb, the expression in that lamb's mm. eyes is safe, mm -hmm. secure, loved, yes. wrapped up in love. Uh, Jesus' hand around the, that lamb displays the wound where the nail had been driven. And everything about this is true mm -hmm. and noble yes. and right and pure and lovely and admirable and excellent and certainly praiseworthy. For sure. And what I've discovered is when a thought comes to my mind that fails the thought test, I need to act quickly. I don't need to let that thought have any foothold, get any traction. So I reject it, and I immediately shift my focus to my default. And it replaces and blocks that thing that otherwise could have been very unhealthy for me. Sure. That I have found to be such a liberating kind of experience. It's not the issue so much as it is how we're thinking. Sure. So it doesn't solve the problem. No. We're all anxious most of the time about a circumstance. Yes. Right? There's something hard going on in our life, and it's probably stem from us not being in control. And we're always wrestling with how to deal with that. And so obviously thinking about Jesus in the land doesn't, doesn't solve it, right? But it takes our thought captive. Yes, it does. And the name of that lamb is Jeff. Hmm. That's what I say to my person or persons at the table. 
I say, just look at that lamb. That lamb has a name. Yeah. The lamb's name is. And they have a new perspective. You're able to handle the situation now as one wrapped up in these arms of love that will never let you go. Mm. Yeah, the situation may still be the same, mm -hmm. but it's how you're thinking that makes the difference. Yeah, that's good. That is really good. I really appreciate you sharing you sharing that. And and for me, that gives me the look of that lamb mm -hmm. is this, this is look of, of comfort. Peace. It, peace. Yes, mm -hmm. absolutely. Yeah. This look at peace. And one who says, I am secure yeah. in my in my shepherd. I don't know what's going to happen in the situation. I don't know about the job. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. But I do know that I'm in his arms. And so I, I lock in on what is true and noble and right and pure and lovely. And it. It replaces that thought that would have sent me perhaps spiraling. Sure. Yeah. And I'm just sensing that, that God is, is sometimes he, he protects us as, as a shield. We, we see that in scripture. But most of the time we go through hard things for a purpose. Right. Like mm -hmm. we're going through these current hard times for a purpose. And it's as if the, even this imagery you're using today, Jesus being our great shepherd, is that he's he's going to allow us to go through it. But he's always going to be with us. I am with you. Yes. Through the valley. Yeah. I'm, I'm walking with you. Yeah. And, and when it, when it's when you're when you're in a tough situation, when you're anxious, press into me, mm -hmm. I will be your comfort and, yeah. and your peace. I, I think about some scripture. You may have some scripture too, where uh, Psalm 27 says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom, whom shall I fear? Yeah. Why should I fear? He's right there with me. The Lord is the strength of my life and whom will, will I be afraid? I, I turn to that verse a lot. Mm -hmm. why, why am I anxious about this? And I replace the word fear in that with the word anxious for me. Again, I'm, Maybe I'm doing what you're saying to do is I'm replacing that yeah. with the, the truth of, of exactly. Scripture, with the truth of what God, who God says I am and he is and the truth of the situation. What is some Scripture that comes to mind for you when you think about that? He who did not spare his only son, but gave him up for us all. Mm. How will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? God cares and he is our provider and he is our refuge and we can trust in him no matter what. That's really been the mantra for me through the years um, that I can trust him no matter what. Yes. Because he's faithful. He's given his son for us. I have two sons. I would not give either of my sons for anybody on the planet. Sure. God did. Mm -hmm. He gave his son. And Paul's argument is if God gave his only son for us, can we not trust him for any and everything that we face? That is gold. 
That is gold right there. I think for someone today that's wrestling with anxiety, maybe the first step is to consider how you think about God. Mm -hmm. Think about the character of God that you have come to, to believe and maybe begin to just apply the loving nature of God, and that'll help you see him. And his faithfulness. Yeah. He is faithful. That is good. That is good. Thank you for sharing that on, on, on anxiety. And so if you're not dealing with that personally in this moment, hang on to it because you probably will. Um, but if you know somebody in that, what a great encouragement you can just share right there verbatim from Pastor John. That's really good. What a, I, I, When we say the word anxiety, it's usually followed by the word depression. Mm-hmm. And they don't have to coexist. Most of the times they, they can be found together, but they're not one and the same. In fact, psychology tells us that they actually uh, affect different parts of the brain. Mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit about one, maybe help define depression a little bit, kind of give us a a, a imagery of what that would look like, but, but then maybe help us understand how to deal with that as well. Well, depression is, is uh, variously described. It's, and you've mentioned already there varying degrees. Uh, There's, um, extreme depression, uh, clinical depression, uh, severe depression, are, are just your, you feel a heaviness and things are just not like you would like them to be. Um, but it's kind of like having a, a, a blanket just draped over you, holding you down, just pressing down. Sure. Uh, people describe it as, as feeling like you're just in a, a deep pit and there doesn't seem to be any way out. It's a feeling basically of, of uh, a loss of hope. I think the, the essence of, of the depression experience is feeling hopeless, as if there's no, no future and uh, everything seems dark. Mm-hmm. Well, of course, uh, that the ultimate answer to that is remembering who God is and that he is in control and he does love you. Uh, But those can be just words for people when they're feeling so down and so hopeless. And, and really what helps greatly is, is connecting with someone who becomes Jesus in the flesh to them we, we get to do that for people as we speak into them hope and encouragement. And we represent the one who is the hope they desperately need sure. and may have given up on and thought, it's not for me. Yes, it is, because he is for you. Yes. I speak those words over people. Yeah, that's a good word. You know, a lot of times in what I've, in what I've learned, uh, is that, you know, in, in anxiety, a lot of times we're, it's a heightened state. You know, your your blood is pumping, your heart mm-hmm. is racing. It's very, very stimulated. But then there's a depression is almost the other end of that roller coaster mm-hmm. where you're coming down yeah. off of that. And we have these natural highs and lows in our life. Life is an emotional roller coaster. Mm-hmm. What is some practical advice you would give to us or maybe people that we know that we could give with someone who is dealing with depression? <laughs> I, I had a person in my office just the other day 
who is there in a state of great depression and has been for some time. And um, after we had talked, as, as she was about to leave, she, she said, can I ask you a question? I said, certainly. She said, will you not give up on me? Mm. She needed to know there was someone who would not give up on her. And I think people who are struggling with depression desperately need to know someone cares and is not going to give up on me. Mm -hmm. It may be a long journey for some. You can't accelerate it. Sure. But you don't give up on them. And they know there's someone there for me who is is with me through this. Well, the one we want to point them to who's with them through this and is not giving up on them is, of course, Jesus. Yes, that's good. We keep pointing to Jesus. That's that's our our mission. Yeah. We point people to Jesus. You know, I think about people that I, that I have intersected lives with who are dealing with depression uh, on any part of the range of, of, of depression. And I've always found it real practical just to check in with them. Mm-hmm. And I have in my phone under the notes part of my iPhone, um, I have just a bunch of verses of encouragement for people. Mm-hmm. And I'm thankful that one day I sat down and found them or collected them because I just will then copy and paste that into a text from somebody. And if you're listening to this and you received that from me, I didn't type that out, actually. I copied and pasted it um, <laughs> because it's scripture and it's right there and it's helpful. And I found that if those people, if I can keep them on the radar, if I can just remember to circle back, and sometimes that means I put an appointment, you know, check, check in with so-and-so, mm-hmm. send them a verse, or there's a reminder that pops up. I have found that that is the Lord using me to be that voice of mm-hmm. someone who didn't give up on them. Yeah. Who's just feeding them with maybe an extra thought that, that they need to give themselves or an encouragement. And God has used, I've just looked through those verses and whenever I feel like God le- leads me to sin, I'll sin. And it's amazing how God will use that. And it doesn't take much effort at all, but to be it, the consistency yeah, in someone's it's, life. It's an infusion of life. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we read scripture where, I mean, I, I would say David was in a depression, you know, yes, for, for a long time. Yes. In the Psalms, you can see it. But then there's the Psalms of ascent, right? There's a, You start to see the, yeah. the gravity of his depression start to subside and he is rejoicing in, in the Lord. And so those have and, been And even David would, would at times wonder, have you forgotten me? Yeah. God, where are you? And then he would respond, Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. Trust in Him. That's good. I think as, as we think about the heavier subjects, stress, anxiety, and depression probably are on the end of that, right? There's other, obviously, other critical things we could we could speak on today. And I think we've got great pastors at our church, including you, leading the charge to give great counseling to people. Uh, is, is is there a is there a point where you know we we would you would say to somebody, hey, you could be an encouragement to them. You can counsel them yourself. 
But where's the point where you would, you would say, hey, they may need to seek some, some, something more, either in pastoral counseling or clinical counseling. Help our, our listeners today identify what is that turning point that they need to give someone that recommendation. Well, you listen not just to the words, but you, you read between the lines. You listen to the heart of a person who is expressing a sense of of hopelessness if if they are sounding like there's just no hope for them uh, that's a flag you you want to pay attention to that and encourage them in every way you can we can't make people do anything uh, but we can certainly encourage them to seek help. Uh, of course, the counseling ministry here is available. Uh, I'm also able to refer to uh, professional counselors, uh, your wife being one who's sure. in that field. And we have wonderful uh, resources available beyond what we do here. But there's help available. No one needs to be without help. Sure. The, the challenge is for a person to be willing to accept help. And unfortunately, there is this, you mentioned stigma earlier, that uh, some people have the idea that getting counseling would be an admission of weakness or something like that. No, it just means you need some help. Sure. If, you're, if your heart is in trouble, you need to see a cardiologist. Sure. If your if your heart is in trouble, you may need to see someone who can help you with how you're thinking. Yeah, that's a really good word. Well, as we finish our, we got a few minutes left today in our podcast. I kind of want to go lightning round. Okay, there's okay. a lot. There's a lot of I think issues that people have been dealing with, and you know we could dive into all of them. I think we we did a, a deep dive into some of the maybe the. The, the hardest ones, uh, maybe for us to even clarify. But today, just two or three things. Just give me your the first thing that comes to mind and how to help someone in these areas. You know, uh, first is is marital stress. Mm-hmm. I mean, you maybe have been with your spouse more now than ever. If you're both working from home, you're both schooling the children, you're both, it, it's an intensified time with each other. And you may have encountered blissful times of, of, of romance and love and things may be peachy. However, mm-hmm. the reality is there may be some marriages that are under a large amount of stress, discord. What, what kind of encouragement would you give to them? Well, we could talk about this for a very long time. Uh, Part two of the podcast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I try to help couples uh, think about the order of marriage. The most common order of marriage is self first and spouse second. It's all about self in that situation. And uh, if what I want, the way I want it, when I want it works out for my spouse, then great. But self first, that is obviously a very unhealthy arrangement. The what I call transformative order of marriage is God first and spouse second. Now, spouse is still second, but now second only to God. Sure. And that's what I want to help couples 
realize. If you can think that way about your spouse and, and she about you, your spouse is second only to God. How would you, uh, what tone of voice would you use if you were speaking to the person who is second only to God? Mm. What level of attention would you give to someone who is second only to God? It's been amazing how it has helped me just to keep that little thought in mind. You see, Jeff, when I go home after a day's work, I'm going home to the person who is second only to God. Mm. Out of nearly 7 billion people on the planet, I have the privilege of living with the person who is second mm. to God. So do you. Yeah, that's true. And if we'll have that perspective, it will alter the way we are interacting. I'm convicted right now. <laughs> You're just saying that. That's a good word. People in the back nodding their heads. That's very, that's, that's a good word. That's a great nugget. Last, last question is what about parents that are dealing with maybe a, a challenging situation with their children. They've yeah. been in isolation. They've been with them more than ever. Maybe yeah. they appreciate the teachers more than I'm ever sure now. They do. But, yeah. uh, a, a very stressful and challenging time with discipline or behavioral issues. Let's just, let's encourage them today as we end our time. Well, I think it's been harder for the parents than for the children. Amen. Uh, <laughs> Amen. And, Shout and out to the parents. Especially those who are homeschooling already, not a lot has changed. But sure. if that's not the case, big change. I think that could actually be beneficial because parents are more in touch. It hasn't been easy, but they are more involved in the educational process. They have a little more connection adjustment for sure but i think that could be that could be beneficial mm. what i would say is a verse of scripture that's so helpful for any relationship whether it's marriage relationship or parent and child and it's ephesians 4:29 which says do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths but only what is helpful for building others up according to their need, that it may benefit those who listen. Well, that verse says a mouthful, doesn't it? Yes, yes. According to their need. So I need to be alert to what is the need of this member of my family? What is my son's need, my daughter's need, certainly my wife's need? And I, not only do I get to choose what I think about, but I am in charge of what comes out of my mouth. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, mm. but only what is helpful for building others up according to their need that it may benefit those who listen. Mm. 
not just a verse we share with our children so they don't have an awesome talk. This is for us. As a parent, as a parent, that's what a great encouragement. Uh, Pastor John, I love how whenever you recite scripture, it comes out so so fluid and so clear as if you it really has impacted your life. I really admire that about you. And uh, I think that's f- phenomenal. Well, it does impact our lives. Mm-hmm. That's great. Hey, thank you for sharing today. I feel like we could talk for another hour really could. to our people. Uh, maybe post comments and give some feedback about it. If you would like more of maybe some helpful things like this, we could come back and talk on more subjects, especially about the emotional and mental side of, yeah. of, of living living this out. And so if you have a need like that that you didn't hear today, uh, make sure you post that in, in the comments. But thanks so much for joining. Pastor John, this yeah. was your first ever podcast. First time. Did a phenomenal job. I, I, I would invite you back. You're in, a great anytime. host. Well, I'm just I'm just the interviewer. You are the expert in this, and I thought it was so helpful. And again, thanks for your ministry here. If people want, we have counseling here as a resource. If they want to get a hold of uh, of you and maybe to take advantage of that resource, how could they do that? Well, the easiest thing is just to call the church office. Uh, even with the shutdown, where we still have receptionists taking calls, and she can put those through to me. Sure, that's the, the easiest thing there to do. There you go. Well, Google, Google the number Battle Creek Church. Make sure you get the main campus yeah, in Broken yeah, Arrow. Yeah. So uh, there you go. Well, thanks again for your time, and and thanks for joining us today on this week's podcast of Beyond Battle Creek. Hey everyone, thanks again for listening to this episode of Beyond Battle Creek. This is Seth, the podcast producer, and I just wanted to jump in here at the end and provide some more information on some of the resources available to you. Uh, Like Pastor John said, if you're struggling with anxiety or depression, we'd love to connect you with someone to talk to. The Battle Creek office number is 918-335-3699 and ask for John Wheeler or email John Wheeler at jwheeler.com. W-H-E-E-L-E-R at battlecreekchurch.com. Remember, God loves you. We love you. Stay safe, everyone. And we'll see you next week.